Good evening and welcome to another edition of Rev. My name is Lori Enright and we are so excited that you've joined us for the next 30 minutes. At any time, if you have any questions you'd like for us to answer, send us a quick email to rev, R-E-V, at eaglecountryonline.com. Special thanks to Mark Kreimer and our friends at Kreimer's Beer House for making the show possible. Visit the Beer House for lunch or dinner seven days a week on State Route 128 in Cleves. Good evening. It's Sunday night, December 15th. Welcome to Rev Radio. David Vaughn here. We had such a good time talking about some Christmas questions that are often asked and what's really in the Bible, what's not, uh, what is Christmas really about. Uh, And so, uh, Lori, uh, it's like halfway through. It's like, let me see, you only got like 10 days to get my present, I, I think, but anyway. That may or may not already be on my mind <laughs> and on my list if you're good. Yes, I know. Well, that remains to be seen. Often <laughs> naughty and sometimes nice. Uh, but, man, we hope that you're having a great uh, week and a great month. And I hope that you are tuning in tonight to get some additional information about how to make your Christmas, your Advent season uh, special and productive. And uh, Lori, I know, has been... Uh, uh, fishing for ways to simplify uh, Christmas have every you, year. Yeah, what do you? What have you learned? I mean, you've done a few Christmases here. What, any well, secrets to that? I don't think I have the secret to simplifying because um, I, where I, you know, treat my family and friends, I really do try to find things that are meaningful yeah. and matter. Um, so that doesn't always make it easier. Um, I have gotten better at appreciating the real meaning of the season and the joy that Mm. comes from it and then letting go of some of if I don't think things are perfect, Mm. um, letting that go because that's not really what's behind it. And I've also learned that, you know, people get so wrapped up in gifts at the holidays, but how often do you remember what you got or sometimes gave the year before? I'm like, what did I even, you know, but a, a friend of mine sent me a picture recently of her drinking tea out of a cup that said, um, it said friend, and then it said a friend's love never ends. It was a, it had a verse from the Bible, and I said back, I said, oh, I said, I love that. I said, did I get that for you? It looks like something I would, but I, I don't think so. And she said, you did. Oh. And I'm like, when? I mean, it looks like something I would buy, but I don't remember. So I yeah. think it's just an example that it's not really about the stuff. Absolutely. Never has been. And I got the most joy ever last year when um, my dad and and my stepmom, who I had been inviting for a long, long time, came to church with me on Christmas Mm. Eve. And that was truly one of the That was a gift, wasn't it? That was a gift, and that was very rewarding. And that in and of itself um, really made my holiday season and and gave me all the joy I needed that year. So I'm hoping and hinting that perhaps Mm. that happens again this year, but no pressure. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, Mark Kreimer, we're so indebted to him for sponsoring our weekly show here. And uh, I remember uh, uh, it, it was a Christmas or two ago that as a present to Mark, all of his wait staff surprised Mark by showing up in the first couple rows at a mm-hmm. Christmas Eve service. And that was the greatest gift you could have given our friend Mark. Yeah, uh, that, I, yeah. and I've had some of um, Aaron, his manager, yes. and, and I, a couple of other people I've talked to, I can't remember their names, have told me about that yeah. and how much they do like the church and, and coming. I'm not sure if they're all coming regularly. Maybe yeah. some are and some yeah. aren't. But, I mean, they talk about 
that still. That was pretty cool, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's a that's a really great gift. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so come down and see Mark. Come down and see us. There's a lot happening at Whitewater Crossing. I'm going to pause here and. Uh, did, let Joe Porter from our communications team uh, just give you a little bit of update, which is what we've been doing, so you know what's going on here in, in the life of our church. You can always check out what we're doing, whitewatercrossing.org online. And if you're going to visit, hit plan your visit page, that tab there, and uh, we'll know exactly uh, that you're coming and be ready to meet you. And man, the building is all decked out. It looks great. And uh, we're singing Christmas stuff. We're talking about Jesus and uh, celebrating the season in a series called Tis the Season. I'm going to let Joe talk a little bit about the stuff that's going on at Whitewater right now. Hello, Whitewater, and welcome to a special edition of this week's Midweek Live, keeping you informed and inspired all throughout the week. And this week is a special Solve 7 episode, and we're going to get you informed and inspired about all things Solve 7 happening around here. If you're not familiar with Solve 7, here's what it's all about. We're helping people find hope by removing physical barriers to make way for spiritual opportunities. We're doing that by finding and feeding, clothing, housing, educating, rescuing, and healing. And Solve 7 is really all year round. So it's more than just a one-day event. If many of you are familiar with the Solve 7 Sunday we do each year, it's an amazing event. We help so many people and hundreds are involved. But Solve 7 is actually much more than that. So you can go to solve7.org anytime. You can get connected to opportunities you can do on your own with your family and a group, ways that you can serve with people around here. Uh, and start helping to solve problems in our community and in our world. So here's some important Solve 7 dates coming up. In February, we're going to be doing a night of worship, and we're going to be singing and serving. We're going to be uh, announcing the date for that soon, but it's going to be in February. May 2nd, we have a serving Saturday. It's going to be off-site with one of our partners, and we're going to really be for our street as well as solving some problems. And then September 17th is Solve 7 Thursday night, worship. It's really an evening of inspiration, instruction, and communion. And then September 20th is our big Solve 7 Sunday. So if you have not seen or participated in that, go to solve7.org or jump on our YouTube channel and you can find uh, Solve 7 stories and a recap from last year. It's an excellent way. Uh, I love doing it with my family. My kids have a blast um, being able to. They did the food pack one year and uh, they've helped uh, do artwork and uh, all kinds of just really cool stuff. So that's what's coming up with Solve 7. If you're not familiar with how Solve 7 is funded originally, it was through our Ripple campaign. And so 10% of all the giving that goes to the Ripple campaign has been funding efforts like our Solve 7 Sunday and uh, giving money uh, to partners uh, to help fund their missions. So if you don't know what the Ripple campaign is or you wanna jump in and you wanna support financially, then go to solve7.org or hit up uh, Beth Maxey. You can send her an email at bmaxey at whitewatercrossing.org. So one way that we're really bringing the hope all throughout the world and solving problems is through our global mission partners as well. So there's, we've made preparations for two go trips already that are beginning in January. So you can check them out at uh, whitewatercrossing.org slash go trips. Um, and this is going to be a life-changing experience for you if you're able to participate. It'll help prepare you for your life on mission. So Go Kentucky is with Master Provisions. That's happening on March 27th and 28th. And then Go Mexico uh, with Crossroads Missions is happening April 25th to May 1st. And then there's even some opportunities to go 
uh, out of the country. So we're making preparations for our Haiti trips. So in Go Naives Haiti uh, with Living Water Christian Mission, I've personally been down there uh, twice and I've been down there with my family and is an amazing mission that does education and uh, churches and health clinics and everything. So we're solving a lot of problems down there, but they're meeting so many deep spiritual opportunities. Uh, so you have a, tri- a chance to go on a week-long trip. This one specifically first is going to be for healthcare professionals, and the cost will be 1500 and we're working on the dates and the details for that. And then another trip is going to Port-au-Pay with Sunlight Ministries. Uh, this trip will be a general learn and serve, and so all ages and families are welcome to participate. It's a week-long. Uh, cost is $1,500, includes everything. So this trip is now scheduled for November 14th to 21st of next year. So all the details will be up at whitewatercrossing.org slash go trips. Um, so if you probably are aware of our Life Center. You may have heard of it. But Life Center is actually our local Solve 7 ministry. That's where we strive to help people find solutions to barriers. And uh, we provide hope through unconditional love and empowerment for life change. So one big part of our Life Center is the Life Center Resource Fund. And that is directly supported through our Christmas Eve offering every year and donations from people like you. So uh, all of that uh, offering up to $30,000 is our goal will go to the Life Center Resource Fund. And that helps fund directly uh, people who are in a time of need and a season of shortage to help them get over a hump. But we do use it as a catalyst for uh, change and growth in their life and have spiritual mentors assigned to them. So we're not just handing out checks and money. I promise you. So that is a great way to really be generous this season. So prepare that for for Christmas Eve. I would challenge you to come Christmas Eve, and that's what really Christmas is all about. The Life Center has also exploded with activity all this fall. Um, if you didn't get the email that I'm using as a source for this, I would encourage you to look at that. It's a lot more content than what I'm going to go through here, but we re- we've done resourcing and job coaching, uh, food resourcing through a mobile food pantry, Hundreds of people are being served um, through that, through our mobile uh, mobile meals, our on-site food pantry. Over 500 fa- households uh, have been helped. Uh, backpack Club, we've filled 555 backpacks every week at Miami Town, Three Rivers, and Bridgetown Middle Schools. Guys, I don't know if you realize how big of a deal that is to where we can provide help and hope directly in our school systems, and the schools are begging us to do this. And we're able to put encouraging notes in there and be a positive influence in these kids' lives and make sure that they have some food over the weekend. So that is so cool that we get, get to be a part of that and fund that. And uh, some additional partnerships uh, that we are with, um, Project Lift is a new one, Hogs, where handymen uh, do things for uh, some widows and some other projects throughout the winter. And then, of course, our wheels, uh, not to understate that, but our so far, um, this fall, 10 recipients of our recipients were blessed through transportation. Um, and really, uh, the Wheels Ministry uh, has done 94 cars, I'm looking at, given away 94 cars this year overall, and received 161 donated cars. So it's a record year for them. We love having them as a partner. Uh, we've continued to hear great stories of people who get the cars. Um, so there's a, somebody named Emily uh, who they were able to give a 2000 Honda Odyssey. Uh, Emily fled an abusive relationship, uh, taking her three children with her to rebuild her life independently. So she moved into a women's shelter called a uh, program called Our Turning Point. She bought the cheapest car she could find, 
uh, given the limited resources she had, but that car soon failed. So the vehicle that Wheels was able to provide for her gives her the ability to focus on the many challenges she has to get stability for her family. And now we can continue to help and resource and um, provide some spiritual guidance to Emily in addition to the physical problem we were able to solve. So if you want to get involved with anything like this, whether it's the Wheels or the Life Center, um, definitely just reach out to us. Contact us. Catch a staff member on the weekend. But you can go to solve7.org and search for opportunities or email me personally, Joe Porter, at jporter at whitewatercrossing.org. And I would love to get you hooked up uh, with a way to start meeting those needs. But do know that if you give and you serve around here, you're actually making all this ministry happen. In addition to the 30000 goal for Christmas Eve, we fund uh, lots of uh, ministry through the Life Center, including the staff it takes to pull it off. Um, so know that even your general fund giving is supporting these types of things. Um, so thanks for joining me on this special edition of the Midweek Live Hopefully you're more informed about Solve 7 and maybe a little bit inspired going into the Christmas season. Uh, We will see you next week for another episode. Uh, Thanks uh, especially this week for our Solve 7 team and Jess Atkins, who provided most of the writing for this piece, and uh, really proud of our, our Whitewater people and the volunteers and all the people that are providing help and hope. Uh, just really glad to be a part of this team and uh, this church and doing kingdom work. So bless you guys. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye. And we're back. We were talking about gifts. And, you know, I do think that uh, gifts are probably way overrated unless it's the gift of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But gift giving has been a part of Christmas culture uh, for a long time. And so over in Matthew uh, chapter 2, uh, we have basically the visit of the wise men to Jesus who presented gifts. And we were kind of debunking some popular Christmas legends and myths last week and want to continue a little bit with that regarding these wise men. If you look at most of the, uh, the manger scenes you have and the pageants that are there, you have the, the shepherds coming, which we talked about last week. Then you have the wise men coming all the same night. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't want to burst your bubble, that, but they didn't, that didn't happen. These wise men probably came uh, months, if not years, after Jesus was born. Let me read you the account, and I'll show you why that happened. It says in Matthew uh, chapter 2, uh, verse number 20, let me see, Matthew 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi or wise men, and really means just stargazers. These were pretty sharp guys. They think from Persia, by the way. Uh, they came from the east to Jerusalem and said, who's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come here to worship him. Some bright star brought, caught their attention. This is unusual. This is not normal. And it would be a sign that a king would be born. So they went, first of all, to Herod. In Jerusalem, and that was a bad place to go because Herod was very jealous. He didn't want another king, especially if one was going to be born. And so uh, he, he said, it says in verse 7, Herod called the Magi secretly and found out the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report it to me so that I too may go and worship him. Then that was a lie. He wasn't going to worship him. He was going to kill him. He was going to murder him. 
So after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And it says here, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. Ah, that's the first clue that maybe they're not coming to the manger the same night. Mm -hmm. He's in a house now. Before he was in a stable or a cave, they have a permanent dwelling, a house. They saw the Mary and the child. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gold, gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route, which was a good sign. This gift-giving tradition really started right here with, uh, with the wise men, these magi, who gave gold frankincense and myrrh. Mm -hmm. uh, there weren't probably just three wise men. That's another common Christmas uh, myth, uh, misunderstanding. We think it's three because each three gifts. Mm -hmm. But if you traveled with gold and frankincense and myrrh, which were very valuable things, you would have more than three guys. There were a lot of bandits. There's a lot of robbing that went on. So there could have been a whole army of, whole group of wise men uh, but gold was the gift, obviously, for a king, frankincense, gift for a priest, and myrrh would have been a gift for one who would die. They would anoint them with this high-powered perfume. So even then, with the gifts given in Jesus' birth uh, time, there was still a symbolism that, about what he was going to be. So by the time the wise men got there, Jesus would have been born a long time ago. And this is why when Herod... They went out by home by a different route, and Herod realized he'd been fooled. He got mad, and he went to Bethlehem and killed all the babies two years and under. Why would, if Jesus was born the same night that they were there, why would he pick two years? He would just said two days, you know? But he said, kill all the kids two years and under. So it probably took somewhere between, you know, two months and two years mm -hmm. Uh, uh, before the wise men showed up. And so that's why Herod is after all of these boys. And, of course, uh, uh, God warned Joseph in a dream, an angel, to get out of there. He went to Egypt for a while and then came back. So this gift-giving, though, is a part of uh, Christmas culture. And as you get older, you do realize that it is more blessed to give than receive. Mm -hmm. You get more True. joy out of giving a good gift than receiving. I joke with you in the audience in our church about gifts to give me or others, but the, the, the real secret of joy is giving away. I enjoy watching that. And I don't think you have to get too much older because I've enjoyed the giving aspect for a long time now. Mm, um, mm. So I don't think you have to wait until much later. Well, you know, at least that's my perspective, much later yeah. in life to yeah. enjoy giving and seeing other people be excited and happy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more joy when uh, parents uh, see their kids open up, uh, you know, on Christmas morning mm -hmm. than other. I do think there's great learning that we can give, those of you listening to Eagle Country, that you can teach your children to be givers and not takers. Uh, the happy people are givers. The unhappy people are takers. There's a reason that the root word of miserable is miser, in my opinion, Lori. I met people, you probably have too, they're just takers. Mm. They, they, they don't ever give. And I went a couple of years ago to the Holy Land. By the way, I'm going back next summer. Any of you want to go, email me, uh, and we'd love to put you on the list. Uh, but I went uh, over to the Holy Land, and I visited the Dead Sea. 
The Dead Sea is the lowest place on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Salt. It's very odd dynamic. When you you can, I, I went swimming in the Dead Sea. Swimming is a, a relative word because you don't move your arms. You yeah. just float. The sea density, the salt density is so high, you literally can't drown in the desert. You just like, it's an odd dynamic. But the reason that it's dead is because there's, it doesn't go out from there anywhere. It only receives mm -hmm. and never gives. And I think there, I met a lot of dead people who are floating around in life because they don't give. So Christmas is a good time to give, and even Scrooge knows that. He's not in the Bible either. But most of the Christmas stories are about giving. All the, uh, the, the, the advantages or disadvantages mm -hmm. of giving or not giving. So whether it's Elf, which is maybe my favorite movie, the you know, Christmas Story or you know, any, anything like that, uh, family, Christmas Family Vacation, Santa Claus one, two, three, five, you know, Christmas with the cranks. Yeah, all these are funny movies, but they all kind of have a Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. It's all about uh, giving and uh, and uh, having joy. And as Scrooge would say, let's let it be Christmas all year long. You know, whether it's greeting cards or gift giving or uh, you know hanging the mistletoe or. Uh, the food at Christmas is awesome, you know, not just at Beer House, but it's true everywhere. There's just something about that spirit, and I think the spirit of Christmas is great because there's a spirit of giving. And uh, we are heading into Christmas Eve at Whitewater, as Joe mentioned and as we've mentioned a couple of times. Uh, and we'd love for for you to come to one of our three Christmas Eve services. Uh, and uh, 1.33 and 4.30, I think, are the times. And... We're going to collect an offering, the total offering on Christmas Eve at all three services. We're giving it away. It's not, it's not um, uh, going to be spent on anything internally in the church to pay bills. We're going to put that into our Life Center Resource Fund, which helps a ton of under-resourced people for the whole year. So we're going to try to fund the Resource Fund for a whole year by just the Christmas Eve offering. So we're doing that even on Christmas Eve. We're trying to model not just receiving but being a blessing, mm -hmm. uh, and that's not a, a new, no. that's not a new tradition. No, we've that's been a tradition of ours for uh, quite many years, and I think it's a good one. Mm -hmm. And we still see people blessed every week in our community and our corridor through that. Uh, and our people are really, really wise in, uh, in how they allocate that. So bring a person with you to Christmas Eve. You mentioned you're thinking about inviting and have been doing uh, some inviting. Uh, but bring, bring uh, an offering for Jesus and uh, the least of these. Uh, Jesus said, uh, if you've helped one of these uh, hurting ones, you've helped me. It's me you're serving. So I find Jesus is a lot of places cleverly disguised as needy people. Mm -hmm. But you do have to use some wisdom, discernment, because uh, not everybody who's poor is poor uh, or under-resourced or in a season of shortage. So we have... Uh, we think God would give us a good uh, mind to be good stewards of those resources. But we're hoping to raise at least $30,000 on Christmas Eve. If we could average about 10000 in the offering for all three services, that would be awesome. So we'd ask you to uh, pray about that and think about that. Uh, but, uh, man, it's going to be here. Uh, you know, this is the 15th now, so, you know, nine days is Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's coming. Do you, does quickly. your family have big Christmas Eve plans that you do? We always go to my grandma's on Christmas Eve. So it's like a tradition? Yes, yeah. Okay. So I will be uh, likely at an early service, which I Interesting. encourage because yeah. sometimes it's a little 
less hectic. Yeah. Um, because, you know, a lot of people choose twice a year to go to church. They do. Um, Christmas Eve might be one of those days. So yes. um, I do like going early and then go to my, my grandma's on Christmas Eve and then uh, Christmas Day is a little more low key. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. That Well, I'm here this year. Some years I travel. You know, there's a, there's a problem when you're a preacher. It's kind of like being an NFL player. you got to play on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. So I have a job to do. And when I'm out of town, our staff cover. But I'm here this year looking forward to, to teaching. And we have a great plan. I was, I've was i already heard we've been planning it for, for a while. Kids are involved in some good music. And I think a very simple message that will resonate with a lot of people about finding hope this mm-hmm. year. We're finding right now that people are in despair. There's a lot of hopelessness out there. Maybe that's true for you in Eagle Country. So, uh, you know, we uh, I enjoy it. We intentionally tried to have all the services be early so families could come and then enjoy dinner or evening. We've had other times when we tried to go in the evening and it just didn't work for all the people who were attending and, and working, mm-hmm. actually, honestly, to help make Christmas. We used to have 11 o'clock. Those of us who grew up Catholic yeah. we remember this uh, Christmas Mass. We used to have 11 o'clock service, and I would preach like three or four or five earlier and try to catch a nap and come back and not go to sleep in my own sermon at 11 <laughs> o'clock that night. Man, that was late, but we had some really good crowds uh, back then and finish about midnight, and uh, that those were special. We do not have that this year. And I would and, say uh, we probably uh, have some people that attend here regularly or call this their church home that probably also go to midnight mass. I would not be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. With their kids and they come in their pajamas and uh, all of that is pretty cool. I remember one year I promised it would snow uh, here and uh, it didn't snow (laughs) outside. So I had to rent a snow machine (laughs) and we uh, produced the snow that way. Uh, I try to keep my promises. God keeps his promises. I try to keep mine too. Uh, but whatever your tradition, I hope you'll make uh, Whitewater Crossing a part of that. And as I said last week, I hope that you will make Jesus, keep Jesus at the center of your Christmas. But not just during Christmas. It's all year. Lori and I kind of tease people about only coming on Christmas and Easter. Mother Creasters, that's what someone called them. And I found out there's another one. There's a, there's a Mother's Day too, you know, so it's in there. But we hope that you will consider connecting with Jesus at another time other than just because mm-hmm. you have to as an obligation, but it will become a lifestyle of opportunity for you. Uh, and that's our job as a church to provide that. I'm seeing more and more hurting people, Lori, every day uh, that I meet who uh, don't know where to turn. And I keep saying Jesus is the answer. There's no problem that you have, no struggle, no storm you will go through that Jesus is not the, the man and the person who can get you through it. It may not be easy, and it may take some time, uh, but I can tell you right now, he will never leave you or forsake you, and he loves you. And you cannot have a problem, those of you listening in Eagle Country, you, what, what, wherever and however you, you find yourself right now, there is no nothing, nothing, no problem so big that God and Jesus can't fix it. There is a lot of loneliness at Christmas. You and I have family and friends, and you know we're going to spend that. But there are a lot of people who will be hanging out down at the Waffle House on Christmas Eve by themselves. And so as you go about your world, remember the giving of attention, time, nice words. Uh, you may just be encouraging someone that you have no idea that their life is not what they want it to be on Christmas Eve. 
I heard a true story, and I, I guess I can uh, research it and fact check it. Uh, I used to listen to a radio show uh, that came on all the time by Paul Harvey, The Rest of the Story. And uh, he would give the background of everything that happened to people you who are famous, but back then you didn't know. And I understand uh, that Paul Harvey's dad was a lawman, a policeman, and actually passed away, died in the line of duty on Christmas Eve. Mm. And therefore, he grew up without a dad, and so Christmas Eve was bittersweet for Paul Harvey. Now you know the rest of the story on Paul Harvey. Um, but So bad stuff does happen uh, all year long, and sometimes on Christmas Eve. Uh, but God can redeem the worst the worst human situation for his good. And so uh, I, I claim that, and I know Lori does all the time, that all things work together for good. And uh, God's timing is always right. He's always on time at the right time every time. It's like no mistakes. And so if you will just kind of keep walking with God, even when it, does, it seems he's silent and he's not there, uh, I, I think you will find that it's a wonderful thing to, to do. And so uh, Christmas is it. So we will talk to you here in uh, another week and maybe start to share a little bit about uh, some of the direction of our show in 2020 and how Rev and uh, some of the words that we've been sharing can be heard by even more. And we're going to talk about that, but we'd love to hear from you. How would people email us if they want to get a hold of us uh, through the Eagle Country? You can email us, Rev at Eagle Country Online. You can go onto the uh, contact page on our website, um, or you could send an email through the, um, do you have an info at whitewatercrossing.org? Yeah, info at whitewatercrossing.org. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, uh, call us. Some people aren't, um, actually, and, and a lot of people in our um, area don't prefer to use email. Um, mm. So if you want to call, you can always call us whatever way you can find us here Yeah. on a Thursday or a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, I, uh, I, I, if whether you've been naughty or nice, we love you here, and we're glad you're here. I heard about this little boy who went to see Santa, sat on his lap, asked him if he's good. He said, no, not really. So, man, he was really concerned. So he went home and went to the manger and took the baby Jesus out and <laughs> left a, a ransom note. <laughs> said, dear God, if you ever want to see uh, Jesus again, uh, you will give me what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you don't have to do that with Jesus. You don't, there's no ransom notes. But we all have kind of been a little naughty in our life, and thank God for grace, and thank God for second chances. And that's what our church is. It's a church of new beginnings and help and hope and home. And uh, we hope that you will visit our church home because I think we're, we can help you and uh, any of your friends that are listening. So I'm grateful for this opportunity that Lori and I uh, get a chance to speak into your life. And so go visit Mark, come visit us. And thanks again for listening on your hometown radio station, Eagle Country 99.3. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Rev. David and I pray that this show has revved up your life, your faith, and your work week. Find out more about Sunday service times, youth programs, and how to plan your visit to Whitewater Crossing at whitewatercrossing.org and click on the New Here tab. Our show is blessed by Crimer's Beer House on State Route 128 in Cleves. I'm Lori Enright. Please join us next Sunday at 7 p.m. for Rev with Pastor David Vaughn, only on your hometown radio station, Eagle Country 99.3.